It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Baseball is back, and the Reds are poised for one of the best seasons in franchise history. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. We don't want to just win, we want to dominate. And here we go. All right, Reds fans, here we go. We've got this started now. The Reds have won two in a row, won a pair over the doubleheader on Sunday. Major League Baseball's first ever pair of seven inning games for a doubleheader. That's right, another first in Major League history that the Reds are taking a part of. And they won. They won both games, which is super important. Because we're going to break down the weekend. The weekend was interesting. We're we're going to take a look at Friday through Sunday. And then we'll talk about the Indians. The Ohio Cup. It's coming to town. At least coming to town for a couple. And then going to Cleveland for a couple. We'll break all of that down here in just a minute. But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. And save the Locked On Reds line into your phone at 513-549-0159. David Bell managed a hell of a couple of games on Sunday. That's right. I said it. David Bell manage some wins. Some of you need to hear that. Some of you need to understand that he deserves as much credit as he does blame whenever things go right as opposed to when they go wrong because people were hammering him on Friday and we'll get to that right here. Friday comes around. The Reds are in Detroit. If they sweep them, they can kind of gain back some sanity and win the season series with the Tigers. The Tigers had kind of continue their momentum against the Kansas City Royals in between the two Red series, so not really sure what to expect. The Reds get Spencer Turnbull in the series opener, and they've got the A squad. They're ready to go. They're ready to hit, and then they don't. Spencer Turnbull pitches six innings, gives up three hits and two runs. That's it, though. The bullpen then shuts the door. Greg Soto, Buck Farmer, and Brian Garcia combine for three perfect innings. They didn't even walk a batter. 
I mean, the Reds have uh, that was a terrible night on Friday with eight strikeouts compared to four total base runners. Meanwhile, Luis Castillo gets touched up a little bit. In six innings pitched, he gives up five earned runs on eight hits and a walk. He did strike out six. However, the Tigers were all over him and all over the bullpen in this one. Nate Jones does come in and according to his slate of statistics, pitches a scoreless inning. He did allow one inherited runner from Luis Castillo to score, but in that one inning, he also had two strikeouts as well. Rysel Iglesias then comes in the top of the eighth or the bottom of the eighth inning and gets everybody concerned about him a little more as his very first pitch is a ground rule double. He proceeds to give up two runs. One of them was unearned. In that inning, he did have two strikeouts, though. So everybody's like, oh boy, Rysel Iglesias, he's done. What are we doing? The Reds lose 7-2 to two to the Tigers, who in the preseason I was like, oh boy, the Reds are going to get off to this amazing start because they're playing the Tigers. The Tigers lost 114 games last year. They're a joke. Man, was I wrong. Totally wrong. Totally disrespected the Tigers. Shout out to them. Looking forward to watching... A couple of their guys continue to develop here in 2020. Definitely going to be watching Spencer Turnbull closely. I'm very intrigued as to how Gregory Soto continues his season because early on he has shut the Reds down. Also, on the positional side of things, looking at C.J. Crone. Reds couldn't get him out. And the bottom half of that Tigers lineup was murderer's row for some reason, especially on Friday. Friday, the bottom of the Tigers lineup was just absolutely nutso. Like, I don't even know what other word to use for it. The bottom three hitters of the lineup, we're talking about Christian Stewart, Austin Romine, and Jacoby Jones, and then also Travis Demerit did a at-bat for Christian Stewart in the end. Those four guys together combined to go 7 for 11. That's right, 7-11. Shout out to Ocho Cinco there. The bottom of the Tigers lineup was always open to get some hits. They also combined for five RBIs of the six total RBIs that the Tigers had on the day. Just, I mean, that that bit destroyed Luis Castillo and Rysel Iglesias, and it was amazing to watch. I mean, Jacoby Jones came into Sunday's doubleheader batting 423 on the young season. Absolutely, I don't even know what word to use. It was crazy. And then Saturday comes, and they move the game up. They're like, okay, we're going to beat the rain. Start at 110. And no, they postpone the game. A few minutes before, and in case you didn't hear, because you probably heard by now, Trevor Bauer wasn't happy about that. He tweeted out his displeasure, basically saying, what kind of amateur hour is this that we cancel the game after the starting pitchers have already begun to warm up? He said he never experienced anything like that in the minors or even in college. So to experience it at the highest level of baseball is astounding to him. So that pushed the game to the first official ever seven-inning doubleheader on Sunday, both games being seven innings, and the Reds really liked that whole seven-inning thing. The pivotal play of the game. (laughs) 
has. That is a strikeout for Bauer, who's now retired 12 in a row, and that's his seventh punch out of the game. It's 111th pitch, and it will be his final pitch. A seven-inning complete game shutout from Trevor Bauer. Second time in less, little more than a year that he has thrown a complete game shutout against the Detroit Tigers. If your name wasn't Harold Castro and you were a Detroit Tiger, you didn't touch second base. That's how good Trevor Bauer was on the second half of the twin billing on Sunday. Absolutely fantastic performance by him. He was all over the strike zone, in, out. He was painting the corners. Hitters had no shot. If you follow Pitching Ninja on Twitter, he was tweeting all kinds of GIFs, all kinds of different video loops, if you don't know what a GIF is which most people probably do by now. But anyway, he was treating all kinds of stuff about Trevor Bauer's performance. He even had that great little Conor McGregor walk after he had one strikeout. Absolutely fantastic performance by him, and he is fast becoming one of my favorite pitchers to watch, especially since he is a red but he's just fun to watch out on the mound. He knows he's going to get you out, and he's going to use everything in his arsenal to do it. And even late in the games, you can tell that he's a gamer, not only because of his results and the numbers and stuff, but you hear him grunting. And now I know grunting doesn't necessarily mean you're a good pitcher or anything like that, but you can tell the extra effort. And it finished off a day that started off a little questionable because Joey Votto reported some symptoms of COVID-19. He was scratched from the lineup, a late scratch from the lineup. So he has now been, been placed on the undisclosed injured list. I, I have not heard anything further about testing or anything like that, but so far, no reports of positive tests for Joey. Hope that everything is good and we'll see him back in the lineup in a few days but it's good that he's still self-reporting after Moustakis and Senzel, and people were wondering if guys would self-report after all of that happening. Nonetheless, the Reds take Sunday without Joey. They did good by him, and Anthony DiSclefani in the first game as well had a great outing. We're going to break it down a little bit here in the three stars section. Also take a look at the Cleveland Indians series coming up but first, have you checked out Postmates yet? Download the Postmates app and enter promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get free delivery for your first seven days, and that's up to $100. And if you can pass $100 in delivery, well, then you are technically skilled, my friend. Go to the Postmates app. They've got all your favorite restaurants and even your favorite convenience stores, grocery stores, all that good stuff. Do you want to keep sitting on your couch and being comfortable right now? Then check out Postmates. They'll bring everything right to you. If you need a nice sandwich from Jersey Mike's. Maybe you want a soda pop or something from the convenience store down the street. Just Postmate it. They'll bring it right to your door. And when you enter the promo code locked on, you'll get seven days of free delivery of up to $100 with no order minimum. Don't know if I mentioned that the first time or not, but there you go. No order minimum for your free delivery. You just enter the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get that awesome Offer Postmates is the best app whenever you're trying to relax and get food at the same time. Next time you're hungry, whatever you're hungry for, Postmate it. The Reds three stars number one, 
Trevor Bauer pitched seven shutout innings, allowing two hits, two walks, and striking out seven for his first win of the season in the Reds' fourth. Number two. Anthony DiSclefani got his 2020 off to a roaring start with five shutout innings, allowing just three hits and striking out a pair. Number three. Nicholas Castellanos went four for ten on the weekend, hitting two home runs, a double, three RBIs, scored three times, and also even drew a walk he leads the team now in hits doubles he's tied for the lead in home runs he leads in rbis leads in batting average he is the reds best hitter right now is nicholas castellanos and he was involved in a play out in the outfield in the first game of the doubleheader on sunday that folks thought would cost the reds the game because he dropped a ball the bases were loaded he drops a ball and three runs score to tie the game at three. Now, according to the Cowboy, because I was listening to the game on the radio, and then after watching the replay afterward as well, Nick Senzel should have caught it. It was Nick Nick Senzel's ball to catch, and he didn't call Castellanos off. In fact, Castellanos called him off, and it's not the way that it should be. When you're the center fielder, it's your field. You call everyone else off. You overrule everyone. So it was kind of a mistake on his part, then also a mistake on Castellanos' part for dropping it. Here's the thing about that. People were blaming David Bell for taking Anthony DiSclefani out too early. Why? First start of the year for Anthony DiSclefani. He's coming off a strained muscle in his shoulder, the terrorist major, a strained muscle in your shoulder. That's a pretty big deal for a pitcher. And his first start out, yeah, sure, he only throws 60-some pitches because he was super efficient. I was really impressed watching Disco pitch in his first outing. But I was, st- I was still glad that he was pulled and didn't pitch the 6th or the 7th. And if that dropped catch had not happened, then it would have been scoreless. Lucas Sims would have had a scoreless 6th, and the Reds would have went into the 7th inning with a 3 nothing lead. Of course, then they score another one in the top of the 7th to give them a 4-3 lead, and Rysel Iglesias shuts the door. Shout out to him, by the way. He pitched pretty well there in that 7th inning. Maybe it's just the games are too long for them or something, because without having 9 innings to worry about, They pitch pretty well. All in all, though, I'm okay with the whole idea of David Bell taking starters out at certain times. Look, people are going crazy. They're thinking that starters are getting pulled too early. They don't like it. They want David Bell out. Guess what? David Bell is using a system that pretty much every other manager in the league uses. Yeah, he didn't pull Trevor Bauer out of the second inning or the second doubleheader, but at the same token, Bauer was dealing, man. And Bauer, we know is a bulldog. Dude wants to pitch every single inning, I think even if he's thrown like 200 pitches. Like, he just, he wants to pitch, and David Bell knows that, but at the same token, you can't sit here and blame David Bell for the loss on Friday, but then not give him credit for the way that he managed over the weekend. Look, I've been the first one to line up and disparage his use of Christian Cologne. Like, why on earth is Christian Cologne getting so many at-bats? Dude tore it up on Sunday. Make no mistake about it, in the second game of the doubleheader, he was one of the main reasons why the Reds won. He was two for four with a double, two RBIs, and a run score. Just a great day for him, at least there in that second part of the doubleheader. And I'm okay admitting when I'm wrong. Look, we're going to continue to watch Christian Colon and see what he does. Maybe he's the next Reds' Miguel Cairo. Who knows? I'd, I'd love to see that happen. 
for Cologne. But all in all, a great weekend now that they finished off the doubleheader back-to-back wins. They're 4-5 and five coming into the Ohio Cup. Let's take a look at that. Next! The Reds return to Great American Ballpark for a pair against the Cleveland Indians. First pitch on Monday is at 640. Sonny Gray will be on the mound for the Reds. 2-0 with an 0-7-1 ERA against Zach Plesic, which, get this, dude pitches eight shutout innings against the Chicago White Sox on July 29th. He allowed three hits with 11 strikeouts. He got the no decision in that game. It's just absolutely unfair, and that's why I don't put a whole lot of stock in pitcher win-loss totals, but an amazing outing for him in his first outing. We'll see if the Reds can get some runs in on him, and then... Game two is going to be interesting because Tyler Malley will take the hill for the Reds after his first start in which he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't amazing either. When he pitched against the Cubs, he pitched four innings with two earned runs allowed, six hits on one walk and four strikeouts. He's going up against Shane Bieber, a dude who has absolutely been dominant so far this year. In two starts, he's pitched a total of 14 innings. He's allowed a total of seven hits, one walk, no runs, and he has 27 strikeouts. This could be a very long game for the Reds on Tuesday night. That'll start at 6-10, but, you know, weather permitting, of course. And then we look at them taking back to the road. They're going to go to Cleveland. With Wednesday night's pitching matchup being Luis Castillo against Mike Clevenger. And then Thursday night in the series finale and the season series finale, it says to be determined. We'll see if it's Anthony DeSclafani, if it's Trevor Bauer, or if Bauer misses this Cleveland series altogether. But Carlos Carrasco is slated to pitch for the Indians on Thursday. We'll keep you updated as we get closer to that game because obviously we'll have a starter by the time Thursday's game rolls around. Looking back at last year's Ohio Cup, the Indians pitching staff kind of controlled the Reds' batters. In just four games, the Reds managed only 11 runs on 25 hits. As a team, they batted a buck 88. They drew 14 walks. They struck out 42 times. The Indians were one of the most dominant teams against the Reds hitters. The Indians pitching staff was. It'll be interesting to see how they, you know, how they develop this season against them with a little bit of a better lineup, though still very inconsistent. And I'm sure you're probably thinking, well, how did Reds pitchers fare against Indians hitters? Did they keep up with them? Not exactly. In the four games against the Indians, they allowed 22 total runs on 41 hits. They did allow nine home runs. However, struck out 42. They struck the Indians out 42 times. But that's a massive reason, though, the disparity between Reds hitters and Indians hitters in that series as to why the Reds went 1-3 and and relinquished the Ohio Cup to the Indians last year. Let's see what the Reds can do this year. They've got some momentum on their side. Let's see if they can continue to build. David Bell had a quote after the doubleheader on Sunday. He said, we have survived the first 10 games. Now we start to build some momentum. Love it. We'll see exactly how they build onto it tonight at 640. Like I mentioned, we'll see Sonny Gray against Zach Plesic who I'm sure you're wondering, did he get to pitch against the Reds last year? The answer is 
Yes, that was the one game that the Reds won. In his one start, he pitched five and a third innings. The Reds scored four earned runs off of him on three homers, and they drew two walks as well. They did strike out six times. We'll see if the Reds can put another one on him and continue their win streak, put it up to three, and get back to 500. Loving it so far. We've got the Reds back to a manageable record. We're not staring up at some godforsaken amount of losses, but at the same token, they still have to have urgency and they still have to take this series, hoping for three out of four. But the Indians have looked good in the early going, probably going to be a 2-2 split. We'll look forward to seeing how tonight's game goes tomorrow. We'll recap it and get your Locked On Reds line questions, comments, reactions in. We'll go over some of those as well on tomorrow's episode. Also, make sure that you are subscribed. That way you don't miss any episodes. And follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But that will do it for us here today. Make sure now to tell your smart device to play Locked On Major League Baseball, and I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.